We're here at OFC in San Diego. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading, and I am joined by my two colleagues from Omdia, uh, Julie and Jamie. Uh, Jamie on the far end. Uh, and for those of you who are audio only, uh, Jamie, say hello. Hello. This is Jamie <laughs> Lenderin, principal analyst at Omdia. Excellent. And this is Julie Kunzler, chief analyst at Omdia. Thank you both for uh, making the time, uh, and, and I apologize that you've had to uh, hear, uh, hear and see my antics in the press room all day because I've just been uh, uh, completely disorganized. And, uh, it's always entertaining. <laughs> and losing, losing my place and running late for appointments and all, all that kind of thing. Uh, and that just means you're back on the road again. That's true, yes. That means I'm, I'm out and about, I'm out, out of practice, but, but, but out there nonetheless. Um, so let's... Uh, uh, I guess quickly, let's talk about what, you know, have you seen or heard anything at the show that's been uh, of interest? And then we can pivot to talking about the market that you cover, the fiber, uh, fiber to the home and pawn and fiber access in general. Um, first with the, uh, the show, any, anything jump out or any, anything surprising or interesting? You know, Julie, you're a veteran of OFC. Mm-hmm. For many years, yes. so is there anything that you first saw? I have my opinions, but yeah. So you know, one of the network designers for AT and T spoke at a couple of uh, panels today, mm-hmm. very openly that they've been deploying next generation PON, specifically XGS PON, since 2019, and he went through know the why and the how and what they plan to do next and that was my maybe because there hasn't been an OFC for a couple of years Mm. I was blown away with how open he was about what they're doing and what they plan to do next and how they're doing it and gave away a lot of details which was really nice to see Mm -hmm. you know hit there how much fiber or how big a role fiber is playing in AT&T's plans. Yeah, that is interesting, too, from them strategically, because just a few years ago, they were all about saving fiber. You know, their whole uh, consumer strategy was based on reusing as much copper as possible. And to see them go the other direction and really, uh, uh, you know, charge into fiber is interesting. And I think that, you know, I can't speak specifically about them, but I think that there are a number of operators in the U.S. now who are saying, hey, we're going to jump ahead with fiber. Mm-hmm. You know that there is such a huge demand for bandwidth, and um, for unifying the access network. That we will grab. It's a land grab mm-hmm. right now. It's it's an absolute land grab. It's interesting too. Um, so maybe we could talk a little bit about the market in general because I do think that's uh, well. Jamie, did you have anything you wanted to to, to throw in from uh, day, observations? And we're only on day one, so if you, if, right. you, if if it's just about the lunches, that's fine. Oh, okay. Well, the lunch was great. Um, after after many meetings, you know, you appreciate any sort of subsistence. Yeah, subsistence. I, I ate the box as well. Yeah. I just kept going. I, I, I didn't stop. Fiber. I was so so starved. You know, this is actually my first OFC, mm-hmm. um, but it's one of my first shows back out on the road. And one thing I've really noticed is sort of the, the silos of, of the operators are mm-hmm. really being broken. There's not just talk about breaking them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's talk about the holistic management of the metro, of the access network, how new services can work across um, all, all different types of um, 
business business structures across mm-hmm. the operator. Um, so that's that's and how Pawn really is is a leverage that many operators are taking now. Um, that's one of the biggest things I've seen in day one. Um, and, and I suspect that as more shows are going to happen this year, I think that's going to be the theme more and more is my prediction. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting because, I, I mean, speaking of the pond market, you know, there, there's, there seems like it's at a higher, at, at a certain point, the, the cost and the bandwidth provided will be adequate enough to kind of stretch across almost all use cases, you know, enterprise, consumer, and, and, and everything in between. Um, what do you think that point is? <laughs> yeah, so for sure, 10G PON has mm-hmm. a, can support a lot of residential and can support significant um, enterprise services up to you know, 8.5, 8.6 gig. But it's not really enough for X-Hall Transport. Hmm. And that's there comes the role of 25 gig PON and 50 gig PON and beyond is that when you look at the fiber efficiency of passive optical networking, the the topology of point-to-multipoint, which very much matches the plans for 5G small cells, PON has a role to play, and you you need more than 10 gig. And that sort of ties into another theme, which I've seen, is the number of operators who are talking about carbon neutral going green um, and how... They're looking for solutions and long-term solutions that really support sustainability and just lowering the power, which very much ties into something real right now. You look at the energy prices. You're in California. uh, Unlike Texas, you see what the gas prices are. The gasoline prices are here at the pump. I'm more used to that because California was always... Oh, no, it's definitely sticker shock Sticker shock. (laughs) It's not sticker shock to me, but then you talk to those in Europe and... They're experiencing, you know, huge energy cost increases. So why not use a passive technology? Mm. Why not uh, lower operational costs? And that's where we see fiber access technology like PON really checking, meeting a lot of the requirements of next generation Mm -hmm. uh, unification of networking. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what a lot of the, um, you know, carriers, you know, talk about at length when they start talking about you know why that why the investment and why now it's like it's they're, they're sort of pinpointing this point in the future where they're like okay well now we have like a mobile network a consumer network an enterprise application we need to get all of that it needs to all be fiber and all be one kind of uh, mm-hmm. pawn or you know what or a similar technology family I guess yeah yeah I, I really think it's quite fascinating is sort of hindsight of what what the pandemic has sort of triggered and how it's Mm -hmm. sped up timelines and and would we be having this conversation had the pandemic not happened or would it still be five or ten years out it's it's really sped up the timeline for so many operators to rethink their network and and how to be more you know deploy Mm -hmm. efficient efficient green um (laughs) and and to support more customer demand Mm -hmm. uh go ahead yeah Yeah. i mean one of the great things about OFC is that the people who actually do the standards are here. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have people from all the vendors and from a good number of the, the operators, too, who are on those standardization committees that have made sure that the PON technology is backwards compatible, has an upgrade path, 
um, and has really enabled a very a relatively low cost solution mm -hmm. to connect many people. In the now we're seeing many enterprises and in in in, in, in the, into the future exhaul transport. And a number of those operators and vendors are talking about how do you deploy which which access technologies make sense to cross the, the digital divide. Mm -hmm. you know, so that issue hasn't gone away. Right. But I'm seeing more realistic approaches to the digital divide um, and solving that challenge than in the past. Yeah, that is interesting because because uh, I mean that 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 comes part uh, you know hand in glove with knocking cost out of the network build. You know. It, you know, kind of, it's yep. it's it's like the cheaper that they can build high high capacity, high quality networks, the the, the more willing they are to you know to, to go into more places. Right, and in the government funding, you know, particularly yeah. what we're seeing in the U.S. and it's not just U.S. government funds, but what I heard from several uh, vendors today was how much private equity funding, mm -hmm. you know, which we definitely have seen in the U.K. and in Germany, yep. but how much private equity is coming in to help support you know, pushing fiber deeper, connecting more people, and they're seeing good return on investment scenarios. Yeah, it seems like we're right at the very beginning of that investment cycle because, of course, the funds haven't started flowing yet, right. and, of course, there's still supply chain issues, and mm -hmm. those may or may not go away. I think we can actually maybe talk more about those later in the year. Um, what it, What is the, the the forecast look like for... Uh, well, especially for the North American market in the next, uh, you know, couple of years as these things are kind of kicking in. Oh, an extremely strong compound annual growth rate for PON equipment. Mm -hmm. um, extremely strong. North America has one of the highest of all the regions. It's not the only region with a very strong growth rate, but mm -hmm. it's definitely there. And in fact, I, I think what's it will last a long time too because the government funds, it'll take a while for them to flow through to the equipment level. So the pond forecast for North America will be very strong for a very long period of time. Mm. And we also have similar growth in all of, pretty much every other major region um, right. in our forecast. And we, we also, you know, have factored in sort of the roadblocks that exist um, okay. as well into that forecast. Um, we can't predict everything. Yeah, we right. can't account <laughs> for every p geopolitical situation, but we, we've we've tried our best with with regards to what we've seen coming down the pipeline, um, especially with regards to the broadband funds in North America. Excellent. Okay. Well, I think that's a good time, a uh, good place to leave it for now. And uh, 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 Julie and Jamie, thanks so much. Thanks, and, you. Uh, Thank, Thank you. you all for listening. Yep. Bye-bye.